Well, good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Hager Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted once again by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex, we're along with Dane Filling tonight, and uh, Dane, a lot of great wrestling at the Jay County Regional. Jay County as a team kind of ran away with it. Uh, we kind of expected that, and it's uh, kind of a race for second place, and I think the Delta Eagles uh, showed very well to come in a second place and uh, with Belmont uh, a distant third. Yeah, it was a good team race. I uh, At one point in the day, I thought for sure that Delta was going to win it, but Jay County came came through and won some of the the toss-up matches that they needed to to take home the team title and uh, they hadn't won a regional since 1988 really um and you think back to that 88 team that they had right two state champs yep um and makes a lot of sense but kudos to them coming off a weekend where they won a sectional title for just the second time in 25 years to back it up with a regional title uh, I put the pressure on Coach Myers this morning. Which once, Coach Myers? Once that, well, just all of them. Oh. <laughs> the one who won. Oh, okay. Um, Eric Myers. I know. It's not very specific to say Coach Myers anymore. Um, I put the pressure on him and told him, hey, Jay County needs to win a semi-state. And I think uh, they're going to be right up there with it. they got some nice draws. Uh, when you have that many draws or that many guys qualifying and with hopes of state, somebody's going to get a bad draw, right? You can't have seven good draws. But, uh, you know, it takes me to what the other coach, Myers, Tim Myers, says a lot, be the bad draw. And a lot of yeah. people talking today about Gavin Davis getting a bad draw. Man, uh, I don't know how Gavin Davis is worried about anybody right now, the way yeah. he's wrestling. Um, if I'm the number three guy and I draw Gavin Davis, who's number two, I think that I got the bad draw. Gavin's in, in good shape. So we'll run through all of those matchups later on. In the show, we're also going to be joined by Joe Caprino, who was under a lot of pressure this weekend as we waited for the brackets to come out. Everybody thought that Joe was just going to uh, pull him out of thin air and put him on. He certainly could have just made him up and got people <laughs> talking and driven a lot of traffic. But, he has uh, done that before. <laughs> so we, uh, we, we waited patiently, and uh, maybe Robert had... Uh, a bad breakfast bowl at Jenny's Cafe on the way home or something that he had to wait <laughs> and uh, release those. But, you know, it's a busy weekend and it's a busy time. And, you know, the IHSAA, it's their tournament, so they're going to release them whenever they see fit. And, of course, next week we know when we're going to hear them. You're going to hear Greg Rigstraw and Mike Gable and Joe Caprino calling the shots and announcing the brackets next week before you – Eat your chicken wings and your hot dip and everything else before the Super Bowl. And uh, we'll have analysis of that on our show next Monday. And we'll bring you all the draws for hopefully five or six or seven state qualifiers from Adams County. Hopefully it's going to be a, a good weekend at the Coliseum on Saturday. You know, and we, we talked, uh, AJ and I talked on the radio. I think Belmont wrestled as well as they possibly could have and come out of there with four regional championships I think was as good as it gets well and certainly in our business one of the things that they pay us for is to frame everything up and to say is this positive is this negative not just you know blurt out what happens and I think you're right I think it was a positive day for Belmont if you say at the beginning of the day that you're going to end up with four champs and five guys making it out you know those first six guys that came out for Belmont they, they weren't competitive. They had really bad draws. Not, so, not that any different draw would have made a difference, but they ran right into the teeth of every one of those tough Delta Regional guys, and then a couple of, uh, you know, Jay County guys would have taken them out anyway. So. And you look at the way the tournament went, 
it took all the way until 220 and 285 for Jay County to get the upper hand on that Delta sectional. It ended up being 29-27. So Delta was right there up there with us. And there's been years in the last three or four years where it's been 30-something to the teens where Jay County has taken it to Delta. And uh, it, it was a very, very competitive, and I'm sure that if you ask Robert, as uh, you spoke with him during the broadcast on Saturday, I spoke to him before that, you know, when, when I sat through that meeting at the IHSAA about pairings and positionings and who's going to be where, the goal really is to have competitive sectionals that feed into competitive regionals. And when you see a split of 29-27, that's, that's exactly what you're looking for. And uh, appreciate you sending Robert up there. He came up and did want to talk to us. And I said, you're, you're not going to come all the way to Jay County and not get onto the, uh, the best radio talk show in the state of Indiana. And he put the headset on, and he talked to us pretty good. We answered, him, answered some tough questions. We answer, asked him the question about next year's state finals. And as always, if Robert has an answer, I'll give it to you. And if he doesn't want to give it to you, you're not going to get it. So uh, he promised us that by the time that state championships, state finals rolls around, they will have the decision made. He said there's a couple more places that they're still – you know, kind of working with, and we'll, we'll see. Certainly something that everybody is anticipating getting an answer to, and I'm not sure if uh, he's waiting until the state finals are over so that there's not as much backlash. But um, I don't think he has an answer yet. He was, he was pretty honest with us that they do, oh, not have, they, they do not have an answer. And that's what I said. I don't envy him one bit making that decision. You know, you're going to make – half the state's going to be unhappy no matter what you do. Yeah, and having worked with Greg Ratliff and J.D. Minch and some other people with the IHSWCA on Team State over the last decade, it's the same thing there. You know, you're never going to make people happy with where it was. People complained that 2A was at Martinsville last year, so they moved it to Jay County, and people complained about it being there. Um, When it was at the Coliseum, people complained about it being there, so you're never going to make people happy. Uh, Obviously, I think the biggest thing for the IHSAA is a venue that's available on that date, and big enough to not sell out. Yeah. That's, I think those are the goals more than anything. Yeah. And people think that they have all of these great ideas, but there, there aren't a whole lot of great ideas. There have been arguments to move the dates and to change the season, and the IHSAA said, no, we're not, we, don't, we don't do that. Um, they haven't changed the dates of a season for one season outside of covid or a giant snowstorm in 30 years they're 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 just they're not going to do that you know um aj asked robert he said you know the infrastructure for fort wayne to uh for hotels and everything is is much greater than evansville and he chuckled and he said uh the people in evansville uh have a pretty good argument against that (laughs) he said they're they're pushing pretty hard he said they got a full court press which made some of the wrestling fans unhappy why would you talk about wrestling with basketball terminology well (laughs) I think the problem with Fort Wayne is if you think about how the state tournament runs, you're going to have all of those people. You're going to have 10,000 people come in, see some wrestling, and then instead of walking out and walking to a restaurant, they're going to have to get into their cars. They're going to have to leave the parking lot. They're going to have to drive down Coliseum somewhere, and they're going to have to come back in through the same parking lot gates, pay again, and go back through. And it's just obviously it's not the same. Um, you look at Evansville's layout, and it's a, it's a little bit different. Got a lot of uh, complaints from our listeners about me advocating for Evansville. Yeah, that was just the Belmont coaching staff. <laughs> I uh, I went back through and I listened to the transcript. I don't think I ever said I was in favor of it being in Evansville. 
I said that I appreciate that if it is at Evansville, it will still feel like a weekend, you want a, a destination. Road, you want a road game. That's what you want. You just want a road game. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I'm certainly happy if it's in Fort Wayne, but I also think that some local people aren't being realistic about the fact that Fort Wayne's not the greatest venue that there is for, for holding it. Well, you and I both know that uh, at, a, at a good Comets game, they'll put 11,000 people in there, and, and they're hanging out of the rafters. If you need 12,000 for the state finals, you're really pushing the limit. Well, if it's at the Ford Center, they're not going to fit 12,000 people in there either. So I guess it's going to be one of those years where getting a ticket's going to be uh, a little bit of a challenge. But if it's sold out for the finals next year, it's going to be a fun atmosphere. So do you have a read for this first uh, weigh-in section? Yeah, Madman Wrestling Academy. We saw plenty of guys from Madman, and I had a, a couple people, you know, hit me on the shoulder uh, with their elbow. Hey, does he wrestle Madman? Yeah, he does. So the Jay County Regional was well represented there. And, uh, of course, some guys at the Carroll Regional were also represented by Madman Wrestling Academy. But uh, that's going to ramp up here. We just got through middle school state. ISWA state is only six or seven weeks away. And uh, if you're young wrestlers getting ready for the quote-unquote off-season, Madman Wrestling Academy is something you need to look forward to and uh, get your kid enrolled. So with that, I'm going to play a couple commercials. We'll be back with our our first guest right after these messages on WZBD. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Come on, guys. It's where your friends shop. Decatur Package Liquors, with the best service and variety in town, now with locations in Monroe, Burn, and Markle. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly, once again hosted here by the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And Dane tonight uh, kind of switched up a little bit, went back to the pulled pork tacos. I just always, rec- always a good choice. Recommended it to uh, someone out there that they get the pulled pork tacos. And, uh, one of the, we got a nice member of this huge crowd. A nice crowd out here today. <laughs> cheering us on as we... They actually cheer louder than they really are. <laughs> than we, as we march toward... Uh, the final two weeks of the season here, and uh, it's not that far away before you and I take the month of March off and start thinking about our broadcasts in April and May. And, of course, uh, the end of the girls' basketball season this weekend, unfortunately, got me thinking a lot about the <coughs> um, upcoming softball season. Dana takes a chance to uh, cough his, uh, <laughs> his uh, brown bottle beverage out there. Um, 
you know, thinking about Peyton Priest, Macy Priest, um, everybody upset that they're not going to be able to watch Rachel Blakey play another basketball game, but I can't wait to watch Rachel Blakey uh, crush one over a couple of center field fences. Go come, yard. Come April or May. Go so. yard. Uh, let's see. We talked about Madman Wrestling Academy. We talked about the Double Eagle. We also want to tell you about Jacks and Associates, one of our fine sponsors from down in that county south of us. Uh, I guess if you win sectional and regional on our broadcast, you can, you can advertise. You need a little airtime. I know we, I did read the Troy's uh, ad on Saturday. It's one of our new members that uh, made it through there along with couple other a lot you've got some people you you guys have been working hard and we had new new sponsors popping up out of everywhere and uh, actually we need to cut a little wrestling out so we can squeeze some advertisements in <laughs> you're going to start holding your hand up yeah during the semi-state for a complete selection of financial services including financial planning and insurance services depend on troy jacks at jackson associates at 954 industrial drive in portland and finally rex it's going to be the portland people driving past Jackson Associates on their way up to Decatur instead of all of us Decatur people driving past there. Through Industrial Park the back way. The last, the last two weeks. Uh, Troy at Jackson Associates in Portland is pleased to be a sponsor of this radio broadcast live from the Double Eagle. and would like to congratulate the Jay County Patriots and all the area wrestlers on a great season and, of course, the Jay County Patriots, Coach Myers, and everybody on their regional title. And uh, we had to close down the uh, online store, but before I did that, I just ordered a a batch of shirts to throw in my bag so uh if you didn't get your shirt order in and you happen to be in the size of the uh the couple of that i ordered uh, i will have some on hand that uh take down the state finals with me so let's at least run through a little bit the results from saturday and give our thoughts um i think 106 the delta sectional showed showed their quality with klein and with Bollinger, um, I thought Hunter Douglas was maybe uh, potentially the one to beat Joey Klein, but Klein looked awfully good. And, well, uh, Klein's, Douglas. Klein's about a six-foot-tall, 106-pounder, too. He is so tall and long, but Aiden Bollinger just had no problems with him all, and, and I, most of uh, Joey Klein's losses were has, have to come from Aiden Bollinger. So Klein has 11 losses. He draws Giuliano Campo potentially. In the ticket round, um, I I like Ocampo to advance out of there. Now the question is, um, when she comes up against Douglas or Moore, is she favored there? I have to think the answer is yes. She's a favorite to reach the semi-state finals. You know, I told you I watched that uh, YouTube video with her and Heather Carl in it, and uh, one thing I kind of chuckled about, uh, you and I have grown up with the uh, Ocampo name, but the uh, announcer for the state finals, when she came out, he called her Akanamapo. <laughs> Akanamapo. That's a good one. And I was like, what? Um, so on the opposite side of that bracket, by the way, are Bullinger and Lane Horn. And kind of funny, we've talked about this all year. And since Horn hasn't lost this year, Horn has been rated number one on Indiana Matt all year long. Statewide. <laughs> but in the semi-state, they've had Bollinger ranked number one and Horn number two. That's because two different guys rate, over, rate the overall in the Fort Wayne semi-state. And so uh, those two are on the opposite side of the bracket from Ocampos. That's something to That semi-match is going to be a war though, between those two guys. At 113, Levi Johns got his revenge on Daniel Moore. Not sure that that was surprising, but certainly... When they flip-flop from sectional to regional, that's something that you keep in mind. Um, I thought that Neil Mosier looked great, but I also 
thought we learned a lot about Maverick Dubois. Um, that kid's a multiple-time state qualifier in his career and certainly someone who I think ends up a medalist sooner rather than later. Now you got Jay uh, LeMay coming in there from uh, Kokomo that's 39-0, uh, and, 0, and uh, he's, he's going to be someone that's going to have to be dealt with. At 126, Jackson Bradley showed that he, uh, he's the favorite in that regional. He got stuck by Stuffel in the sectional but came back and won pretty easily. Um, and obviously Cody Rouse gets big, beat in the semifinals. Big upset. And then uh, he was uh, almost pinned for the consolation match too. Got Connors back, and I thought Daniels had him stuck. At 132, Riley beats Cook for the third straight week. Um, Tuttle takes fourth. Um, you know, we, we loved, we talked a lot about Sam Wolpert this year. Loved watching him. He was entertaining. But you look at how deep 132 was. I mean, Wolpert had his chances against Riley and Cook. He gets knocked out by Boone. Tuttle's awfully good. Um, yeah. That just, it, it wasn't it wasn't the season for, for Wolpert, but certainly next year, He's the guy that the Braves are going to be counting on to be a semi-state qualifier and to be knocking on the door of not Indianapolis, of wherever the heck we're going. Maybe we're going to be at the Kokomo Fieldhouse. And then you, we've seen Tony Wood enough. Is Tony Wood even touchable? I mean, Logan Allman has been right there with him, and uh, each week he, he stretches out a little bit more. I mean, Logan gave him everything he had, and uh, Wood still comes up on top of, by a pretty easy margin. Yeah, you were reminded of how good those two are in that tournament. I mean, I know that it was 6-0, but those two were were a, a far cry above Brooks and May and I like Logan's draw looking at the at the semi-state brackets. So, I I, I would imagine that we'll see Logan back at the state finals and uh, representing the Jets. Well, he's got to go through Lapsley for his uh, ticket round. I do have to take a timeout because I know that you're like me. What were your thoughts on the Jets' new singlets? I almost, missed, I almost missed their first two matches. I, 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 think, I think they were a little too white. I need a little more red in those. There was no gray. You know, there for a while, they, they've been all gray, gray with red. And uh, there was almost, uh, they were almost all white, white with some red trim on them. We, we almost missed them. The first time they, they come out to the mat, it's like, who's that? And it's like, I look, track wrestling. It's like, oh, that's a, to get a, that's to an get an kid. eye doctor sponsor for you and AJ. Well, track wrestling right here on my screen, I can see pretty close. You know, 100 feet away down on the floor, it gets a little tough for me at times. But um, At 145, I thought Blake Luganbill wrestled really, really well to get on to semi-state. And, uh, you know, I don't think Blake's at 100%. He takes fourth place. He heads back to semi-state. I think he's probably happy with that. Cameron Clark is obviously um, the class of that weight class. And at 152. But hang on. Fargo, 145. Yep. I'm so impressed with Brian Hernandez Lopez also coming out of Blackford where you know he's the best kid in his team. He probably doesn't have real good partners to work on, work with him to push him. And I tell you what, I think he wrestled very well and, and showed very well for the, for the Blackhawk Bruins on Saturday. Um, 152, Gavin beats Christian Wittkamp again. Once again, I think if you're looking at some brackets and you see Gavin Davis in your quarter bracket, I don't care what your record is. He's wrestling awfully well right now. He's got kind of an angry attitude. <laughs> He's upset for the fact that he did not get to finish his season last year. And I see no one in the bottom half of that bracket that he's in that, that is probably going to push him or test him at all. We saw good things from Cape Stebbins and 
you know, credit to Reed Brandenburg. We talked about this match. I'll give ourselves kudos for last week's show. We talked about a match between Funk and Brandenburg, two seniors, both with high hopes. One of them's going to go home. One of them's going to move on. And, and that match wasn't even close. Unfortunately for Funk, it was it was Brandenburg, and uh, maybe he caught the short end of the stick after the younger Brandenburg got knocked out by a Jet wrestler earlier in the day. He kind of caught the caught the wrath there at 160. Man, I'd love to see Levi Abbott and Silas Loshi again for a third time, but um, Loshi gives up two near fall. I don't think he even knew that he gave it up at the yep. time. I think he thought that he had fought off the count. And, you know, I you know, I love Jesse to death, but I'll throw him under the bus a little bit here. I really question the decision to let him ride the whole two minutes. Yeah, I, I think thought, he should have cut him. I thought that there was a point where they could have cut him loose and at least tried something because I just I just think looking at Abbott, he was not going to give up near fall in that third period. You know, me and the old coach up there, we, we do a lot of coaching from, from our box up there, and, and maybe we don't know what we're talking about. But if, you, if you're wrestling a very tough wrestler and you don't get anything close to turn in the first 15, 20 seconds, you need to cut him and give yourself a minute and a half to see if you can take him down. And if you haven't taken him down yet, maybe you not even think about riding him at all. You just cut him, and then you, you have your close to two minutes to try and take him, take him down. Um, at 170, I think Myers and Russell are the two best wrestlers in our semi-state. Yeah. So I think both of them benefit from the fact that they're in the same regional and they don't have to meet each other until the finals. Um, I'm, I'll probably be proven wrong on Saturday, but Russell looked very, very good. He did a nice job of, of countering and, and, and blocking off Duke's shots, and I think Duke was, Duke was happy to finish the one. Well, I think... Here's my personal opinion. Delta people may be upset with me. I don't think that Braxton Russell showed enough in the match. He was very kept his cards very close to his vest. Um, I think he had one shot in six minutes, and it was not a very wholehearted shot. And I think that uh, if he's going to be one of those top guys in the state, he's going to have to turn up because you cannot not wrestle and beat those good guys. Uh, Rex, I'm looking at track wrestling right now, and I've got a pop-up ad. And it's for Golf Courses, Golf Course Superintendents Association of America. Uh, Razzo's been on here too long. It's jumping up. By the way, kudos to Brandon Razzo um, accepting an award in Orlando, Florida this weekend as one of the top new young superintendents of golf courses. And, of, sort, of course, we talked earlier in the season wishing him well at his new, uh, new venture over in Illinois. At 182, gosh darn it, I don't think Mavericks got what it takes to compete with Hunter Page. And there's no shame in that, but it also means that uh, Mavericks going to have to beat VZ to make it to state. You know, Hunter Page is that good. He is just that good. You know, Somerset, you know, in his first match, he's going to wrestle a guy with 18 losses from East Noble. Can Somerset beat that guy? Yeah. Okay, then he wrestles D.L. Capone. Okay, that's, that's, a big, that's a big tall task. By the way, I was looking through the results of middle school girls' state today. And there is a young VZ really? who is coming up. And uh, if she's half as tough as her brother, we're going to be calling her matches at the state finals here in the next couple of years. Um, Wink takes third at 182. At 195, what a match between Curry and Kukulhan. I give Trevor Curry a lot of credit. He did the exact same thing that he did the first week. He took Henry down. He looked good on his feet. But I don't know what it was. 
Henry just seemed to have, I don't know if it was motivation, if it was what, but he dug, well, down, he dug down deep and Trevor was in perfect position to get the comeback win, to give himself the draw that he wanted, and number, number Henry one, took it from him. If Curry is up in that match, I cut him loose and stall like a dog. That's what I do. But he rides him, and then they get in a scramble situation, and I think Curry turned the wrong way. Turned the wrong way, went right into Henry's chest. You know, Henry at 6'5", just put all the length on him and put him down, and, it's, and you're not going to bridge out of that, and especially that late in the match. Because, I mean, both those guys were tired, and you get on your back when you're tired against a good kid, and it's not easy to get off. Look at those semifinal matches. The way Curry wrestled Hardy and the way Henry just scooted by Luther, I thought this is going to be Curry's match to win. And, you know, for five minutes and 40 seconds, I thought I was right. But in the end, it's Henry who, who, who gets the win, and the judge was happy. And we'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday. But it was certainly the most entertaining match. And if you haven't had a chance to watch the video of Nick Coon's reaction to Henry's pin, you have to watch it. Um, What's it, it on? It, uh, I don't know where my wife saw it. It was on YouTube. Nick had to be tired at the end of the day yesterday because he was dancing like crazy. And it was warm in there on Saturday. He had that, that quarter zip on. It was a lot of fun. It was a good reminder. Of course, when you get to that level, you, you hate to see the kids that you watch all year lose. But at the same time, that, that was the most active that the crowd was the entire day. You know, but you look at the semi-state draw, and it's like you get Deming undefeated at Rochester, and he's, he's in the same uh, – you know, quarter bracket. That's the go-to-state match for Curry. He's going to have to win that one. Yeah, but let, let's think back to last year at semi-state. Deming wrestled Henry, right? And it was 8-5. to five. You can't tell me that Trevor Curry can't compete with that kid if it was 8-5 to five with Henry last year. I don't, I don't see that one as – that's not a Maverick versus Dial Capone. It's going to take one heck of a throw for Somerset to pull off that kind of an upset. I don't, I don't see – Curry over Deming being that kind of an upset. You know, it, but you get Koltukian in the bottom half of that mat bracket as well. Henry's up in the top half, and Henry's got to go through Nate Elliott first match. He has been beaten by Nate Elliott twice, twice this year. And then on the other side of that, you know, the, un, the uh, wrestler Daring from Bishop Lewis is on the top half is going to wrestle MJ Norman, who also defeated Henry, and that'd yep. be Henry's good, that'd be Henry's uh, quarterfinal match. So... Yep, there's certainly a very competitive 195-pound weight class at 220 then. You know, Jackson New was the champion two years ago, and last year Keegan knocked out Jackson New, and this year they meet in the finals. New had a very good match to, to, to beat Keegan Bloom. Um, we did, uh, speaking of Keegan Bloom, I did get a nice message from, um, from his mother saying, good job keeping Doug off of the... <laughs> Off of the show this year, so I don't. Doug's not. Doug's not here. Doug's not here. Okay, uh, but it was a good match from Keegan, and um, you know Keegan has won in multiple ways this year, and that's one of the things that I've liked about his season. We've seen him win those close one point bouts. He had no. He had no takedowns. He's going to need it. He's yeah. going to need to win those types of matches, and I think that's promising for going forward. And then also, um, Zach Worm. Not in the same class as Titus Waters or Juan Cruz. I think that was proven this weekend. Yeah. But Zach Worm's not going to care if he wins his quarter bracket and qualifies for state because he had an, a, an absolutely great draw if you look at those semi-state brackets. And how about the takedown for Waters 
to beat Cruz in overtime. <laughs> All of you people who left Jay County, shame on you. <laughs> it goes sudden, sudden victory, and it's like I, I, I made a comment. Who's going to step it up? And Waters shoots a double leg on the big guy. And, and you could tell that Waters had the strength to fight off some of those shots from Cruz. And it's going to take a man that strong to be able to beat Cruz this year, and that's exactly what he was. You know, let's, let's don't skim over the 220 bracket at semi-state. There's some studs at 220. Look at the I mean, top half. You got the Hanky undefeated from Northridge on the top half of that. You got Jelante Hilton in there. Um, Keegan Bloom's going to come out of there. Then you got Brady Beck from Rochester, and that's going to be – and Chance Harris and Brady Beck. Um, that's a that's a ticket round. Those are two returning state medalists. Yeah, rank, rank, both ranked, both ranked in the state, and that's two guys that are going to meet each other in the ticket round. And then you got uh, Keegan's in the bottom half of that bracket, and uh, I think Keegan has two very winnable matches. Well, hey, if you're a coach and you're listening to us right now and you're trying to consider, am I going to get semi-state qualifier T-shirts or not? The answer is yes. Call up Team Montreal. Give them your logo, give them the names, give them the weights. Those T-shirts are simple design. Kyle will have it designed for you by noon tomorrow. He'll have an online store set up by 3 o'clock tomorrow. You can put it out on your social media. You sell as many pieces as you can in the next two days, and he'll have them printed up and at your school on Friday, whether you are in Union City or in Fremont. He's going to get it done, and they're going to get them printed I know South Adams will use them this weekend for their semi-state qualifiers uh, T-shirts for for Silas and for Maverick. And if you're looking forward, you know, um, there's a, the, for Belmont people, uh, every year it's a, it's a big deal to order uh, state shirts, and Adam Central does the same thing. Get those designs in and have everything designed. You don't have to jinx anybody. Leave the names off the back. As soon as they qualify on Saturday, shoot an email to Kyle. And he will have them printed up and ready to go, and you'll be able to put those up Saturday night on your way home on the white bus. Now, he does have a minimum 12 screens. I mean, he's got a scroll screen, 12 items. We had uh, we had like six or seven items, but only three of them were silk screen. So Rex had to buy 12. <laughs> Rex bought 12 shirts. So. That's okay. We can still <laughs> hand them out. We can give them out as, uh, as prizes next week. So ch- uh, check them out, teamontraware.com today. Give Kyle a call over in Bluffton and get your – semi-state qualifier shirts and state qualifier shirts lined up. With that, it's time to play some commercials from our other fine sponsors. We'll be back with more wrestling. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. At 701-4388, when it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street 
indicator. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here once again at Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. And, Dane, we just heard the uh, Brad Weber ad. Brad Weber is now writing commercials for WZBD. He had an idea, and he pitched an idea to uh, Jared down at the West End and come up with a new commercial on H.A. Red on Saturday. And oh, I did, it, I did it, hear that. It's a I, wonderful commercial. He, uh, Nothing he, brings people together like God and wrestling. It's fish fries on Friday night. <laughs> so. That's good stuff. Well, we are now joined by the man himself, Mr. Joe Caprino, the newfound celebrity of the IHSAA. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Joe. Thanks. I appreciate it. We'll get you turned up here so that everybody can hear you. Talk a little bit, Dollar Joe. We'll be all right. You can talk louder. Well, okay. Joe is at the Garrett Folk Style Open, and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about anything that you saw there? I saw a lot of youth wrestling and a lot of matches and just, you know, good dairy wrestling, a lot of good young kids. I mean, obviously there weren't anyone that was at middle school state and stuff, but some, some good youth wrestling and nice quick day out by 2 o'clock and uh, glad to be able to check out the brackets and see all the fun stuff that uh, was released this afternoon when I was running the tournament. Going back to your roots, back to Garrett, and uh, we got to give a shout-out to the Railroaders because they won, I believe, a fourth regional title in a row yesterday yes they did so a big shout out to them and their coaching staff as we all get ready for the upcoming semi-state at the coliseum of course the drama over the last 24 hours has been waiting for those semi-state brackets to come out and uh, of course the first place that everybody went to look was on indiana mat and they are finally out if you haven't seen them tell us a little bit about what you can find on indiana mat for the semi-state brackets uh, we got, if you go to our uh, main page and look at the brackets tab, you have our, our this year's brackets, and go check out the link to our brackets with rankings, semi-state and state rankings, uh, and records, and grades, everything like that. We might be adding some other surprises in there later in the week. And then uh, you can also have the direct link to track wrestling so that you can keep up to date during the tournament uh, since our brackets won't be updated throughout the tournament so you can print off the brackets carry them around so you can mark off all your winners and keep track of your pickums and see if you can beat uh, beat the Caleb's at, at pickums especially at Fort Wayne because they're pretty tough to beat it is awfully tough to finish ahead of Caleb Sprunger in a pickums for the Fort Wayne semi-state but um, one thing that I like this year that you guys have done on the wrestler profile pages on the rankings is you have added a spot where you have shown the scores of the state tournament matches between ranked wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, we've added that, and we'll probably be updating the regional results here probably tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, and getting those in there. And so then you can kind of see their path to the to the state finals and see what you know what, how they've been doing the past couple of weeks. Especially if you're going to do pickums, it's it's kind of you know you obviously you win 40 matches during the season, but we want to know what you've been doing the past couple of weeks and who you've beaten and who you've taken your losses to. 
So what are some things that you'll have on the website uh, looking forward to this week in preparation for semi-state? Do you guys have a uh, guerrilla radio scheduled? Do you have any upcoming blogs or a preview by your, uh, by your rankers? Yeah, well, we will have, I believe, Dustin will probably do a, uh, a, an Evansville preview, and then I think there might be a couple other ones that we do, but we'll have uh, Mike and I will be doing at least one guerrilla radio. I think Dustin's going to join in. Possibly also, so we're going to probably have at least two, because it takes a lot of time to talk about these brackets and everything. So that's all to be on our Facebook Live, or you can check out on our on our podcast page and or on the main site when we get it done. So we got a lot of stuff like that coming in. The podcasts are pretty popular, so it's easy to sit there and talk about wrestling and you know, go over the brackets and hear all the, the predictions from other people in the chat. So Joe, the other night, uh, you guys, I get a notification that said uh, Gorilla Radio is on, so... I was getting some equipment lined up for our show, and I popped on there. And uh, if people have not turned into Guerrilla Radio, there's as much happening behind the scenes with people commenting and throwing some things out there. You and Mike are doing your own thing, and there's a whole other show going on behind the scenes that you guys sometimes comment about. But uh, it's, it's very entertaining, and uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good time if you just uh, want to listen to some wrestling talk and you chime in and uh, there's there's lots of different kind of people on there, and it's it's kind of an interesting uh, event. Yeah, there's a lot of people from different areas of the state, and they chit-chat on there, and it's kind of, they throw us for a loop sometimes when we're trying to follow their conversations, too, and we don't know exactly what they're talking about, and so, yeah, it's a, it's a good time, and it's a, it's a fun evening, and Mike and I love to just get on there and talk wrestling with very little, uh, very little planning. I had to tell Dane that... Uh, Riser's comment was, "Hey, uh, there's the better half and l- better looking half of uh, Rex and Dane on the line." So, <laughs> so Joe, uh, obviously it, it's it's out now, but you are going to be part of the bracket reveal on IHSAA TV um, next Sunday before the Super Bowl. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your role in that and uh, sort of your anticipation for it? Uh, definitely pretty excited to be able to, you know, help, you know, help Coach Gable out with, you know, some of the pre- preparation. I know he always says that, you know, he always feels underprepared and stuff and being able to be down there and highlight some of the matches and some of the kids and kind of, you know, help him out to get some things to talk about. But mainly just get a little bit of northern uh, northern bias, I guess. So, uh, you know, since he doesn't get, get uh, out of the Evansville area, that's a big area to get out of and stuff. So add some of that uh, commentary and just, you know, kind of add some more more uh, information to the broadcast. I think it's going to be a great one, and, you know, you're going to be getting ready for the Super Bowl, and you might as well get the Super Bowl brackets, you know, right before that. Now, I can only assume that Indiana Matt has invested some money in some gorilla bow ties or neckties, <laughs> some sort of, of sport coat with a, a bunch of 800-pound gorillas on it. What are, what are you planning on wearing to this? Because this uh, isn't a radio program, Joe. This is a TV program. I have not even, uh, even thought that far ahead. I might have to uh, get to my tailor this week. You might have to. <laughs> well, I do know that you have a... Hager Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly shirt that you could wear out there. I on. don't think we could bribe him enough to wear that, Rex. <laughs> I think Robert might not like that. Uh, Robert has one, too, so you need to tell Robert he can wear his. He didn't wear his to the regional at Jay County on Saturday, and I gave him some grief about it. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Joe, let's take a look at these semi-state brackets a little bit, and obviously we want to focus on Fort Wayne. Why don't you tell us what interests you the most 
in looking at some of these ticket round matchups or first round matchups? The team race is going to be pretty interesting. That's always one fun to follow in Fort Wayne because it's it's not like you have a real big front runner. And man, Rochester is the favorite, but they did not get any love in the draws. I don't know what the coach guard did to the uh, bracket gods, but he needs to help out get get the, get things right. And because he got they got pretty much almost the worst draws possible: uh, Mosier versus Holloway, Leach, uh, Chase Leach, and. Uh, Brady, not Brady, the younger back brother, ticket round match. Um, you got Davis. Yeah, guard, Davis guard, guard. Davis. Yeah, um, back, it seems back like there's a lot of, of rematches yeah. um, of last year's matches in the ticket yes. round this year. So that's going to be that's pretty that's going to be something intriguing to watch because if they falter a couple of spots, there's going to be teams like Western and Jay County. Belmont has enough horses that they can kind of you know make it interesting you have some you know adam central has some good guys it's it's a matter of just getting guys rolling at the right time and having a good day so it's going to be interesting to watch a team race uh, you know just uh, that that quarter bracket at 95 where with kugelhan elliot copas and washburn that's that's nasty right there i know kugelhan and elliot have wrestled a few times uh geez. There's, just, there's a lot i mean a lot of good matches i think 106 is going to be kind of fun to watch uh, definitely good to see Ocampo and Bollinger and Horn all together and see who, you know, who comes out on top. That's going to be a fun one to watch. And just, just seeing some of the people like Jackson Bradley that I really haven't watched, but I know he's pretty tough and seeing how he fares against the, some older guys and see where he stacks. He gets that from his guys. uncle, you know, right? <laughs> Jackson? Yes. Yeah, he gets it from yeah. his uncle. Um, <laughs> not not it, his father. I'm no, sure. no, not at all. <laughs> you know, and the thing that we've, that we've learned over the last three or four years at the Fort Wayne Semi-State is – you know, there are very few instances where anybody's been able to get five guys out. And it comes down to you get through the first two rounds, how many teams can get three or four? And sometimes that list is only two or three teams, you know, long. And then from there, it's all about pinpoints and winning that consolation round and what the draw looks like. And last year, one of the best team races that we've ever seen. And you know, a lot of people don't pay as much attention to it as maybe they should or maybe they used to prior to the old team state. But, I mean, if you were there and you were paying attention and you were following it, Adam Central versus Rochester last year coming down to the very, very end, that was so much fun. And I just really hope that that's the way it plays out this weekend. Yeah, that should be some good – I mean, that, that's like you said, that it's getting those guys to the finals. You get two or three guys to the finals. I mean, you, you could run three guys to the finals. Didn't uh, Jimtown win it with three champs a few years ago? And you, you come out there with three champs, and you know you're set. You're going to be bringing home a lot of points and getting those guys in the finals and getting them to um, right in the mix. I know a few years ago we had three guys in the finals, and you know we were right there in the mix. We need to win those matches, but it was right. You know we were right there with three guys, so it's it's doable with three. Obviously, you want about four or five or six that can kind of give you a little bit of cushion, so you have some room for air. Now, another question for you about Saturday. If you're looking at the, the, the fine margins between semi-state contenders, how much does it weigh in to have a beard as nice as Eric Myers when you're looking at, at, at who's contending for that? Because that thing's pretty thick. Well, from what I can tell, most of those other coaches are clean, cleanly shaven, so <laughs> that's at least uh, six and a half points for Jake Okay, County. so six and a half points could do it. Yeah, that, that's plenty in, at Fort Wayne. Hey, Joe, when you look at those, uh, some of those ticket round matches, Dane and I just ran through the brackets, 
and looked at, I saw at least three, if not four, tick-around matches that are against guys that are all ranked right close to each other in the Fort Wayne Semi-State's ranking. And, you know, rankings, they may or may not mean a whole lot because you still got to wrestle them. But there's some, there's some matches between some guys with one and – one loss or no loss that are going to meet in the ticket round that just uh, is there anything there that sticks out to you that I think is going to be a really tough match um you know just i think there's some just intriguing matches that i've seen uh hunter douglas rex moore first round that's going to be a good one at 106 uh there's some at 120 is kind of interesting uh, you got that lincoln carter from east side and isaiah McHugh from angola they're no uh strangers and then you got um yeah, possibly Carter Fielding and uh, the Chase Kid from from DeKalb. So you got a little DeKalb County possibly uh, battle to go to that state. So that could be interesting. That could add, you know that's going to add a little bit of intrigue to the to the uh, to the day when you're battling someone from you know 10 miles down the road for for a spot at state. Um, just a lot of good matches that I think you know the, the styles are going to be interesting to see how these guys match up. Uh, like I said, back. Uh, Brady Beck and Chance Harris, two state placers, wrestling in the ticket round most likely. And that's, you know, somebody's going home, and that's going to be those, both, two, those guys both wrestle a similar style. So it's going to be interesting to see how who wins that. I believe Beck won last year, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So we'll see what, uh, what happens there. Uh, looking at the other three semi-states, we haven't had really a chance to, to, to look through them. Are there... Are there any big ones there that, that you've seen so far that are that people are really talking about? Um, a lot of a lot of the especially down south where there were some really possibly some really bad draws. Everything kind of sorted it, itself out, which was was good that you didn't have too many really bad draws. Uh, one Newcastle. that one that I saw was Lane Sullivan, and, and um, he's got Logan Bickle first round. That's a that's a good one. We talked to Quinn Harris. A lot here um, on our show, Cascade, um, with some with some pretty tough draws there. Yeah, they yeah they did not Cascade did not get any good draws. Obviously, you're coming, you know, you, you're not gonna get you're, you're not gonna get easy draws out of Evansville. Not, there wasn't probably an easy route for him. You either had Schaefer or or Gilbert. So th- yeah, two of those two two of the three draws are not good draws. So uh, one twenty. I believe there's a couple in there. Uh, just uh, who is it? No, it's a it's at 32. 32. I think there's a couple. Um, oh, uh, Brady Ison and Coy Hammock would wrestle yeah. potentially between yeah, Tell City and Brownsburg. Yeah, Nyson has that Landon Horning from Evansville Memorial. It's had a really good season this year, so that you can't overlook that first round match. Uh, that's going to be you know Brownsburg is going to look kind of get a little revenge. Center Grove won that won that regional, so I think Brownsburg is going to kind of come out ready to you know make it you know get that semi-state title and the, you know team state title is going to be very interesting. Uh, the margin for error for crown points getting thinner and thinner each week, so it'd be uh, you know it's going to be a fun two weeks here. Well, Joe, we certainly look forward to uh, seeing your smiling face and whatever wardrobe uh, selection you you decide on in the next 10 days when we see you on IHSAA TV. But we also look forward to seeing you on Saturday. We definitely want to invite you to hop on the uh, marathon broadcast that Rex and AJ will be on live from the Coliseum. Come in and uh, give one of them a break to go grab some Mountain Dew or whatever they need. Hey, Joe, if you do order some uh, Gorilla Radio 
uh, sport coats uh, order me one in about a 46 reg. So. <laughs> okay, I'll add that to my list. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Joe, it's been great talking to you, and we will look forward to seeing you uh, next week on the Reveal Show. So hang in there and have a great Sunday evening. Thanks, you too. It's been Joe Caprino with uh, IndianaMatt.com. And, uh, Dane, I, I think, you know, we talk a lot about it, and we're friends with Joe. I don't think people understand how fantastic IndianaMatt.com is compared to other states in the nation. And it is, it's, it's people, it's like the benchmark that people come to Joe and say, how do you do this, and we want to make our state as good. And there's people around the country that look towards IndianaMatt.com and say, this is the level that everyone needs to be at yeah and a, a weekend like this where we're all waiting for the brackets to come out and nobody needed to do any work because all of it was provided for you you have all of the rankings there and if you want to know well, how did that guy get ranked there you go back you go through you don't have to you don't have to look back through your scorebook or find some thread on some message board to find out oh henry kukulhan did wrestle nate elliott twice it's already on there um it's already preloaded for you so uh, i do want to tell you that the fort wrestling facility Goshen Road in Fort Wayne, building young wrestlers all across the Fort Wayne area, one practice at a time. Join them for a live practice session or for one of their upcoming camps as they get ready for ISWA State at the Fort Wrestling Facility. Check them out on their website today at thefortwrestling.com. Open to wrestlers seven years old through high school. Don't miss the chance to train with wrestlers from all over the area, focusing on technique, conditioning, and learning how to love the sport of wrestling. Obviously, being stuck down in Jay County the last two weeks. We haven't had a chance to talk to Coach Oberlin. We certainly look forward to some conversations with him and seeing some Spartans on the mat this weekend. And uh, he's got a couple of guys who he's hoping to punch their tickets for Indianapolis this coming week. And um, he's certainly excited about where his program is going. And I was having a conversation with him about another coach in the area who we were discussing. How much longer do you think he'll be the head coach? And I said something to him about about how much longer he's he's oh I'm just getting started, <laughs> I'm just getting started, and so he has big plans and big expectations for Homestead Wrestling, and uh, you can't help but root for guys like that, guys who who want to throw everything in to a program, they want to do it the right way, they want to build it from the ground up, they want to start with the youth, they want to work their way, um, you know it's it's a lot of it's you know we we're here mostly to call Adam Central and Belmont. South Adams on a radio, but didn't you have a smile that Eric Myers won a regional title? Yeah, How I mean, do, I mean, I, I love the guy. Well, because he's an Adam Central guy. I love watching their <laughs> program, but you can't tell me that Eric Myers hasn't done everything the right way. Yeah, at Jay County, he hasn't cut any corners. He hasn't. He hasn't done some miraculous thing. He's done it through hard work, and he's gotten people to buy in. He's got so many guys who used to be Jay County wrestlers, Tim Kling and Smith disciples who didn't really have much to do with the program before he came. And all of a sudden, you know, they've got a full-fledged girls team with, with guys who are – With are, Troy are, Jacks as the head coach of the girls team. Yeah, and it's a, it's a lot of fun. So um, talking about Andy, we, we certainly invite you, if you have a young wrestler, to, to check out the Fort Wrestling facility. Uh, I, sent, I sent the link to his website to a person I work with, and they have a young man that uh, wrestles in the Lutheran League up in Fort Wayne, and they're like, yeah, they don't know how much he's invested in and how much he wants to do it. I said – Tell you what, you take him over there and you say, this is what he wants to do and this is where he wants to be, and Andy will put him in the right level. And that's the, that's the nice thing about it. And the other nice thing, and anybody who's had a young wrestler knows that it's all about finding that right practice partner, that kids that's your size and your ability. And that's exactly what the fort is providing people. 
is that that meeting point. If you're a brand new beginner and you weigh 55 pounds, there's going to be a young 55 pounder who's there to drill with. No young 55 pounder wants to wrestle some kid who's 65 and has been wrestling for five years and going to beat the snot out of him. That's not that's not what parents are looking for. That's not what kids are looking for. And uh, that facility that he's got up there is really really nice. And uh, and, and Fort Wayne's lucky to have. Him. So with that, I'm going to play a few commercials and come back with the uh, overtime session right after these messages here on Hager Hershey's Yellow High School Wrestling Weekly. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly, and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. The staff at Haggard, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home is honored to serve the community we love and live in. Locally owned and operated by Ryan Hershey and Eric Zelt, we understand that each family we serve and each life lived tells a unique story. Our goal is to offer comfort, care, and dignity to all who entrust their loved ones to our care. We are proud to call Adams County our home and look forward to serving you for generations to come. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sandblasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Welcome back to Hager Hershey's Eld High School Wrestling Weekly here at the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill and the DDD Triple Maintenance and Repair. People just exited the stage left, Dane. They were here, and uh, uh, I think they had a Bible meeting to go to. Well, after spending time with us, they may have to. <laughs> Repent, you sinners. <laughs> um, I wanted to give a shout-out before we went to the podcast to our young wrestlers, the young men who are, are going to keep this show going the next five or six years, Adam Central. Had some young men competing at the middle school state tournament. Uh, Cruz Bowers, Clay Beer, Kale Beer, Dylan Ogg takes third place for the Jets. Brayson Shortkin got seventh. And for Belmont, it was Henry Farrote who made it all the way to the finals at 120. Loses to Braylon Reynolds from Red Cobra in the finals, but uh, a big shout-out to him. He took out Ryan Hockaday in the semifinals. Also, Jacob Binniger made it all the way to the quarterfinals and uh, did not place but did win a couple of matches and, and reach the quarters. So uh, kudos to them. And it was a little bit different this year because you had to qualify, and it wasn't the same as just, you know, signing up and, and paying the money to get in. You actually had to, to earn your way in. And uh, I know the fort had some guys up there too. Um, if I pull it up here, if I can get it right since we were just talking about them. Jalen Davis, Drew Heisler, Maximus Clayberg, Griffin Klein, Joseph Warner, Lathan Janes, Anthony Lopshire, all of them made it for for the uh, Young Hammers. Also. Young Hammers, is that what he calls them? Yes, so good to see them. Guys from Leo, guys from um, all over the Fort Wayne area. So 
all those guys that we're going to be talking about going forward. Also this weekend, and uh, we'll talk about it a little bit, uh, kind of felt sorry for our, our good old pal Ike Rubel. Purdue's got a man out at 149, and Ike's going back and forth with uh, the other young man there. Ike was supposed to have the spot, and then Nebraska didn't weigh anybody in. So they said, no, Ike, you're going to go over and you're going to wrestle in Indy on Sunday. Then we're going to keep you out. Well, of course, Nebraska bumped somebody up. Ike didn't get the chance to wrestle. but um, I, I talked to Doby's dad uh, yesterday, and he said that uh, Doby and Ike were going to be in the same weight class. So I don't know if they end up wrestling or not. They didn't. And actually, it's kind of funny because the guy who's directly ahead of Ike in Purdue's lineup was also in the weight class. And so... Ike makes the semis, loses to the eventual runner-up, and then that other kid from Purdue, I'll have to look him up now because I keep saying his name. And don't, don't call the other kid. I, I feel bad. Um, he and That kid ends up eliminating Doby and knocking Ike into the fifth-place match, Christian Navita. So Navita comes through. Doby loses his very first match, comes all the way back, gets a tech fall, gets another decision, and then gets knocked out by basically Purdue's varsity 149-pounder, and then uh, that guy meets up with Ike and, and beats him 10-6. But pretty cool. When we talked to Ike Rubel on our show back in December, he had just had dental surgery. He'd had surgery on his knee. It looked like he was done for the year and was thinking about his sophomore year, and all of a sudden he's potentially wrestling on the Big Ten Wrestling Network or on the Big Ten Network and, and, and on Friday nights and Saturday nights. So. Well, uh, after last week, um, basketball girls kind of faded out. Uh, you got your little black book out. Is there any sports left on WZBD to talk about for this week? Well, it's a really weird week in the high school sports schedule because um, all three boys' teams are completely off until Friday. So we do have a little bit of a lull in high school um, sports. But tomorrow we got the Matt Painter Show. That'll be one to listen to after the Boilers lost to in, uh, Indiana. Man, you talk about the I on Saturday. The IU and Purdue battles that go on where I work. It's like, oh my goodness! It, tomorrow morning is going to be. I have no dog in a fight. I could care either way less because it's basketball, and I, I don't care about basketball. But uh, those guys, uh, they're going to be going at it like dogs tomorrow. Later in the week, we've got the Pacers as they take on the Heat. That's on Wednesday with a 7 o'clock start. The Boilers are back in action on Thursday as they host the Iowa Hawkeyes at Mackey Arena. Then on Friday night, we've got the big showdown between South Adams and Adams Central. And Rex, I know we don't have a whole lot of basketball people talk, uh, listening, but we want to talk about upsets. Who's going to take an upset for South Adams to knock off Adams Central? Adams Central beat Leo this weekend. They've won a school record 12 games in a row. They are lethal from about four spots on the court, and they go eight, nine guys deep. South Adams just two wins, I think, on the season. Uh, that, could be, that could be an ugly one Friday night in the hangar. You know, Coach McClure may not want to admit to it, but he owes that to the Belmont Braves because when they went into teepee and Belmont smoked them and he was on a bench, he was so mad. And ever was that since the night I made you call a basketball. Yeah, game? you made me do a basketball game, and it's like it was the only, it's the only thing happy in my life that the fact I had to do a boys basketball game is those Belmont boys just demolished the Jets, and ever since then the Jets just they went on a tear. Sense. They went on a tear. Then on Saturday we'll have the basketball coaches show. You can listen to uh, um, Coach Craig and Coach McClure and Coach Filling 
at 7.30, live from the West End Restaurant for uh, Matt Conversay. And then, of course, we'll have our wrestling semi-state broadcast, the marathon, somewhere around 8.30 a.m., going all the way till at least 6.30, I think. And we'll yeah, it's, roll. it's after supper, and we don't get tickets to the uh, – uh, media. We don't no, get media there passes. Is no, there is no media uh, hospitality room. Then on Saturday night, we've got Pacers basketball again. We will have the. We will not have. I'm sorry. We will not have the Purdue game because we have full Super Bowl coverage on Super Bowl Sunday. That's the 12th. That begins at two o'clock. And then on Monday, February 13th, we will have the Matt Painter Show at 6:05. And if I remember right, the Matt Painter Show ends at seven. So you. And a special guest. Should we reveal the special guest? No. No. It's a secret. Special, special guest host next week on Monday. And then if that hasn't convinced you to keep rest, uh, listening to WZBD, Tuesday, February 14th. Oh, my goodness. I heard it was back. I was so don't, happy. Don't. I don't want to talk about that holiday that exists on that day. It's radio auction. Uh, Tuesday, I, February 14th. Get your radio dials ready. You know, with, with the things that happened in the past – you know, a couple of weeks, I thought radio auction is not going to happen. Oh, no. It's 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 back. It's on like Donkey Kong, buddy. It's going to be glorious, and it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. And with that, I'd like to thank Steve Rouse for running aboard for us. Uh, I'd like to thank all of our sponsors that took us through this first hour on the radio. And now, with that, we're going to sign off. Tune in next Monday night because we get bumped for the oh, yeah, big, we did, the we, big we show. Had no, we had no takedowns. No eight no, we takedowns. Did not. We so 8th Street Oil. Uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, hand those out, but we're hoping that somewhere along the way on Saturday, one of our Adams County boys picks up those eight takedowns. Now, next week, I pushed Kyle at uh, Team Montreal get our stuff done, so I got it for the state finals. I may have a few extra shirts okay. to hand out. So, can, What if we threw them over the balcony into the lobby at Gainbridge? It's possible. Think we get thrown out? We need a T-shirt can. We would be the first oh, belt. Boom. We wouldn't be the first Belmont people to get thrown out of an Indianapolis No, Skills. that's not the case. So with that, we're going to uh, tune off for the WZBD uh, air part. We're going to go right into podcast. And this has been High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD. So, so Dane, uh, we had a, a guy come up and we, we talked to him. Uh, uh, Tony Abbott come up and talked to me and said, hey, I got this guy that I really want him to talk to you because this guy has done some good work. Um, you know, this guy's name is Mike Epps. And um, – he started, well, here's the start. Tony said that he, he wanted another guy in a room to coach, that he just needed somebody to help with the mentoring and the talking to guys and stuff. And he found this guy in the school that he said, all the kids just love him. He's been a teacher for years, and the kids just love him. He didn't know anything about wrestling. And he went and talked to him, and he got him on the staff, and this guy fell in love with wrestling, and he said, what can I do with wrestling since I don't know much about wrestling? So he started a YouTube channel, and it's called Hit the Mats Studios. And uh, if you go on the YouTube, and I've got it up on our big screen here, Hit the Mat Studios, he was interviewing kids when they came off the mat on Saturday that were champions. And uh, he's got all four of the Belmont Braves champions up there. He's got a lot of the Delta sectional guys, runs them through the interviews. And it's a great thing. I mean, these kids, these kids now have something on YouTube they can go and look at. It's not like, you know, back in the day when we didn't have any of this stuff. You could, you could barely get a print media guy to, like, interview with a little little tape recorder, and he wrote it all down. But this is, you know, these kids can go to it and pull it up, and they can download it and, and save it on their phone, and uh, it's there forever. Yeah, well, you know, and I'll provide a little criticism since we're off the air. You know, I was at 
basketball all weekend. Why? And oh, that's every, right. You got a job. Every TV station in Fort Wayne was there for all the games. And how many TV stations were there on Saturday at Jay County? Nobody, Zero. Nobody bothered. And uh, it's, it's people like this who provide this type of coverage that those kids deserve. These are kids who are winning regional titles and advancing to semi-state that don't even get a mention on the TV news. Uh, kudos to him for, for, for reaching out and, and being there and, so, and promoting. Especially, you know, our regional is filled with teams who don't have that yeah. media identity. Of course, Carroll and Homestead and New Haven and, you know, the, the, the teams that are right around the Fort Wayne news stations, they get a lot of coverage. They get a little coverage. Norwell gets some coverage. Belmont gets some coverage sometimes too. But, you know, nobody covers Monroe Central and Delta, really. And Muncie doesn't have a TV station like Fort Wayne does. So, you know, a big shout-out to him for, for providing that. And uh, so they were really cool interviews. They got a big response on Belmont Wrestling's Facebook page. So Tony sent him up to me, and he come up, and I said, hey, if this heavyweight match is done after the first round's over, we'll put you on and we'll talk. And we had a real nice interview with him, and we used it as one of the uh, – Uncle Steve's uh, Velocity Motors interviews because we it's hard to get kids up there off the floor and interview them, and, and it worked out nice. And uh, he basically, his his comment was, these kids do not get recognition for as hard as they work. He, not having anything knowledge of wrestling, comes into the restroom and watches how hard these kids work and see the sacrifice they make and for the uh, benefits and for the reward that they get from it, he just felt like it wasn't enough. So by doing this, he said he has uh, over 1,400 interviews out there and he has 20,000 uh, views uh, that he's been out there seeing. And, and every week he does it. And he's, uh, he's got a media pass for the semi-state next week, and he's headed up there and going to do the same thing. And I, I think it's some great work he's doing. And once again, it's called Hit the Mat Studios on YouTube. So you just go to YouTube, and I Googled in and said Hit the Mat, and it's there. And uh, up here on the big screen, i got Gavin Davis's interview right there, Duke Myers, Henry Kukohan, and uh, – and uh, Keegan Martin, all of them are up there. Yeah, and all four of those are also available on the Belmont Wrestling Facebook page. So, so definitely check them out. One thing that we did not do is um, remind you, and since uh, we talked to Troy about this, I said, "You okay if we run your your ads on the on the podcast section?" He said, "Yeah, that's the people I'm trying to I'm trying to reach." So, if you are in need of help with uh, financial decisions, stocks, bonds. Uh, transactions, mutual funds, IRAs, insurance policies, all that kind of stuff. Troy Jacks is ready to serve you, especially if you're from the Jay County Regional area. It's right there on Industrial Drive in Portland. That's Jackson Associates in Portland. Pleased to be a sponsor of our podcast today, live from the Double Eagle. And they will be our sponsor as we look forward to semi-state at the Coliseum and the state finals next week in Indianapolis. That's my big problem, Dane. I just have so much money. But I just don't know you, what you to do to with it all. Find somebody else to I, make I, your decision. You know, I got a wheelbarrow full of cash at home, and I just don't know where to put it. That's my big problem. So check them out, and we thank all of our sponsors who make this program possible and uh, keep us from talking as much as as we have to, and we get a couple thirty second breaks. So Dana, have we have we discussed? You know, we we could push a little bit last year to go all summer long. Yeah, we you did. know we we could we could find a way. I mean, if we go out on the WZBD Facebook page, you know, we can launch it and run a Facebook Live on there, and it doesn't well, cost any airtime. It would be fun to do a show live from ISWA State. I know I'll be there this year, 
in March. And then, of course, we've got Fargo um, in the summer and a lot of other summer tournaments. I think Adam Central is going back to Disney this year. And there's some other big ones there. But then, of course, from, from IPO in the fall. So, I mean, there's lots of opportunities that, uh, I mean, if, if it's not, you know, selling advertisement on WZBD, it's like we could go out and we could do it on Facebook Live because we have that technology. I mean, I've tested it. We've done it. We did part of it for the girls' state finals, and uh, that's something we need to do. And also, I want to bring up, uh, when I was looking for uh, Hit the Mats um, studios, I found a, vi- a video that is called This is Why They Wrestle, and it's with uh, – it featured uh, Giuliano Campo and Heather Crawl, and I did not realize that those two were as good friends as they are. And it was a very done, very well done uh, uh, video. Uh, it interviewed them. It interviewed their families. It, it had lots of video of them wrestling. I saw so many of my referee buddies because you know they're on the mats and they're local guys, and um, just really well done. And uh, it's a it's one that you should go out and search. And if you just search. Uh, Giuliano Campo on YouTube and find the one that says this is why they wrestle it's a great video and I'll tell you what um, as hard as those two young ladies work the fact that they both qualified for the state finals last year and I can very much see them both qualifying again this year going down state and one of those two girls and I don't know if it's going to be this year or it's going to be next year one of those two girls is going to medal at state yeah and I think Giuliano is going to have a great chance at it we just talked about her chances to reach the semi-state finals and really that's that's the key. That's your setup. Is getting top two at semi-state and finding that draw on Friday night. While we're at it, we'll also talk about the girls' state, uh, middle school state tournament and some of the results there. We were talking about some names that we that we recognized as we went through it. At um, at 95 pounds, we were talking about Dial Capone. Um, I believe it is his sister. She placed fifth at 95 pounds. Lariah Vizi from Snyder. Also, uh, what was the other name? Uh, there was a young lady from Jay County, somebody that we'll probably be calling in the future, Brenna Ruvel. She placed fourth at 102 pounds. Olivia Kroll of Northeastern was the runner-up at that's 109. A little, that's a little sister. She's in a video. <laughs> She's in the YouTube so video. So that's a name, if you haven't heard yet, that you should probably stick in the back of your mind. Also, Joy Cantu's sister, Julianne Cantu, was the state champ at 125 pounds today at Middle School State. And there was one more in there that I saw that um, looked awfully familiar. Let's see if I can find it. Maybe that was it. But uh, a big shout-out to those. It's really cool to see those middle school weight classes have full brackets now for the girls. And obviously, that's another part of it that as the high school season grows – you see more and more girls in the middle school. And getting some of those girls who are wrestling middle school state as 7th and 8th graders, that just builds the level of wrestling to uh, when we get to see them at, at, at girls regional. And, you know, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Maybe next year we're talking about girls sectional. Yeah. Because there's going to have to be another week added on to that tournament here in the near future. You know, we bounced around a little bit in, in our conversations about um, places to have the – uh, boys' individual state finals big enough to hold that. We talked about the one year it got moved to Newcastle, and the idea popped in my head. That's where Coach Gary Myers, the Iron Bear, needs to go push. If you could take the girls' state finals to Newcastle, that would more than hold that, and that would be a wonderful venue, uh, pretty centrally located. 
and uh, that would be a phenomenal venue for the girls' state. I don't know what kind of relationship they have or what kind of relationship you need to get to, but you need to go talk to those people now. Well, from what we heard from Mr. Falcons last week is he only needs to find two more venues. Maybe one. Maybe one. And so that's exciting for us to hear, too. Um, I just had something off the top of my head, and now I can't remember what it was. Here, let, me see if I, we, let me see if I can see it. What else no, are I can't we going see it up there. to discuss? Well, I've got, let me look at the script and see what it says. I didn't say uh, anything. It's not on there either, is it? <laughs> no, because we didn't have one tonight. <laughs> Um, you know, Come on, we have to be better than Joe we and Mike. Are, we are in that stage of the tournament now where it goes from comfortable, with friends, guys that you know, smiles, to the real deal. Yeah. When we get there Saturday, there's guys with boots and security shirts on, and they're checking credentials, and there's, you know, we're, we're getting to that point now where it's not just ordering a sloppy joe on a plastic plate and walking onto the mat and all of those things. We're going to the Coliseum on Saturday. You've got to pay big dollars for the concessions. You've got to pay to park. Yep. You've got to have a pass. Um, it's been at the Coliseum for a long time. When was last year? Was it Goshen was the previous host? Do you remember? Where was back, in, back in my day, um, Semi State was always at Fort Wayne Northside. One year they had it at Fort Wayne Snyder because something happened. They, it was just way too packed. The last match I wrestled in a Belmont uniform, semi-state was at Snyder. At Snyder. Because AJ and I were doing a Snyder match and said, my last Belmont match was right there. <laughs> he said, don't tell me that brewery. Yeah. He said, I still cry when I think about it. So, oh, I remember as a kid when I used to go, uh, I think the ticket used to be $9 uh, or nine fifty, And they used to have a bunch of – Adam Central people used to help. If I remember right, yeah, they ran it. And they uh, had they had these ticket booths. Art Hobbaker ran it for years. That's what it was, and the it, the cost was nine fifty, and you would go and you give them a ten dollar bill, and they'd give you a fifty cent piece back. And I remember keeping those fifty cent pieces. Did you not have it? Give this kid any money when he was a kid? <laughs> a fifty cent piece was like something to him. Money, 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 money. Uh, it is a lot of fun, and as we talked about the state finals being at the Coliseum, I mean, what a cool way for somebody, some lucky guy from the Fort Wayne Semi-State next year who's going to be a senior, who's going to be wrestling under the lights. If it is at the Coliseum, what an awesome way to have home fans there cheering it on. But uh, God knows if it's at Evansville, it's going to be 5,000 modern-day fans. And, you know, for all those podcasters not paying attention, I was speaking to Dane's mom and dad because they're in the audience almost every week. So, Well, it's funny, those things that you remember from – tournaments from a long time ago that you, know, you don't you don't necessarily remember who won anything or who won the team title but you remember concessions or parking or where you went out to eat with John Heller during the during the break one year and you can't remember what year it was but but you have so much fun and that's what I was referencing when I was talking about if it is at Evansville one of the things that I will appreciate about it being at Evansville is spending that weekend at some hotel in a city that you've never been to with friends and finding that restaurant. Uh, I think back to one of the first years that I was on air with you guys. It was, I think it was the year of the Mambas when they, won, when they won their medals. You and my wife and AJ, the four of us went out on Saturday night and had a grand old time. I left my bag. I left my camera bag 
in the restaurant. You remember that? Like, those are the things that you remember 25 years down the road that you don't remember the score of those matches, but you remember those, those, that time that you spent with other people who also wanted to be there. And, I'm, and just I'm as long as the, the viewers know, Rex was drinking Mountain Dews and you guys weren't. This is true. <laughs> but I tell you what, you think back, some of the, some of the places I refereed semi-states at, before it went to Evansville, I refereed two semi-states at Seymour. Seymour. Seymour High School and Seymour. And Seymour Seymour's not an easy drive for a for a Decatur slash Fort Wayne guy and Russ Isaacs and I went down and, and did it one year at Seymour and it's it's a long drive. And then Brad Williamson and uh, uh, Jeff Parsons and I went down to Seymour one year and did one down there and it's just it, it's not an easy place. And Evansville's a lot farther than Seymour yet. Yeah, I plugged it into my phone because I was talking to somebody on Saturday. I was sitting in the gym at Jay County, and it said four hours and 26 minutes from from Jay County. So obviously add another 45 minutes onto that for, you know, I, for, I did the, a, for the Adams County residents. I did some. I stayed at Merrillville. They used to have it at Merrillville High School, and it was packed. It was way too tight. I mean, and it was – you were refereeing, and they rolled the last two feet of the mat up on the front of the bleachers. And if guys went on the edge of the mat – you're out there trying to catch them going into the, into the first row of the bleachers. It was too tight. You need a big arena. You need a you need a coliseum. You need Ford Ford uh, Arena down in Evansville. You need someplace big to handle that kind of event. And you just don't throw it down someplace and, and run and think it's going to be okay. Hey, uh, while we're on the topic, officiating on Saturday, I thought it was very good. Top notch. Yeah. Top notch for all four guys. We did gave a great job. We gave Chambo a hard time on the one splatel where Colton Rodimus was buried. I don't know what Chambo was looking at. I was looking at his shoulder wasn't there. Well, you look at the picture in the book, and scapula go clear down to here. Yes, it does. Yeah. And when you're in a, when you're in a spladel, I'm scapular, I mean, unless you get that. I think back to Vince Milholland at, yeah. at Team State against Modern Day, and he was, his shoulders were six inches off the ground, and they called him yeah. stuck. But, you know, other than that, I thought they all did a very good job. Um, I didn't go down and tell them that. They, during the lunch break, they said, you talking bad about us? And I said, only during the commercial breaks. So, <laughs> Well, we certainly look forward to uh, seeing who is on the mat on Saturday. I know one thing that I did want to talk about, I talked to Joe earlier in the day. Last week, Robert alluded to a change in the layout of the four mats. And Joe told me this morning that it's going to be a T. And I found a, a GIF on my phone that was a capital T. And I said, really? He said, no, a lowercase T. I thought, how do you make a lowercase t out of four? <laughs> Get a hook. So I don't, I don't know if they're going to be offset. But I, I, I think they I are going to bring those bleachers down. That's what his idea of get people closer. They waste all those bleachers on that one end that they push back. So I think I'm, if you pull those down, you can put a lot of people down close. So what I'm guessing is if you think about, well, you guys have been up mm -hmm. the last few years. But down where you used to sit and where I've been sitting the last few years, when you walk out onto the floor to go to the hospitality room or the bathroom, I think everything gets shifted to that end. So Belmont, Adam Central fans, you know where you sit in section six seven. Uh, Bruce, Bruce doesn't listen to the podcast. I don't think. I don't think we can talk to Bruce. He didn't have an electronic Bruce, device. Are you Bruce, call us. No, Bruce. Um, to your left, Belmont fans, they're going to shift everything over to your left. That's a good thing for Belmont fans. And I think on the right hand side, where there used to be the waiting area and where the coaches association table used to be. Those bleachers are going to come in. Yep. I think that that is what that whole process is going to be, and it's going to be a little bit more intimate 
down there on the floor because you're going to be a lot closer and it's going to be a, a lot tighter as far as table help, administration, announcement. Um, who knows where Kevin Whitehead's going to get moved, but they're going to have to sort of bunch all of those people together. But uh, it is, it is a, a lot's changed in that field house in the last two or three years. If you haven't been to the state finals since before Ike Rubel's time, you know, there's all of those aisles down on the bottom that, that, that used to just be uh, walkways down. There's a lot less seats in the bottom bowl. And if they bring those in, you're going to bring a lot more people closer to them. You know, we don't know how many seats are in there because they're always pulled back, and it's like a big wall down there. There's a lot of bleachers in there. You could, you could probably put 500 people in that section, and that, and that really would bring people closer. And when Robert alluded to bringing people closer to the action, I think that's what it has to be. Um, also, if you're listening on the ISSW website, they have information about tickets. They are listing an all-session all session uh, ticket price for $25. And you get so, to buy that up front? So that would lend itself to the idea that you're going to be able to buy a ticket ahead of time that's going to get you into all the sessions and you're going to have the same seat and Friday night instead of sitting in your hotel room on your phone on Ticketmaster, you can go out and visit the restaurants and the bars like Indianapolis wants you to. Um, which is which is the plan? <laughs> which was you know highlight for one of our listeners, but but uh, well for the Belmont fans, for the Belmont fans, you know Blake Luganville has a tough draw. We're talking about potentially not starting Belmont action until one fifty two. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a late start. Having them all to, if you're going to have five guys qualify, you might as well have one fifty two, one sixty, one seventy, one eighty two, one ninety five. There's no reason to have them spread out. Then you can leave go do your thing and come back well you know if you and aj and al keep selling advertisements from 106 to 145 we're gonna be reading ads because uh that's that's a big part of what gets us on the radio but uh you know during the state finals if you don't have a kid from fort wayne you don't have a kid from the jay county sectional or regional i said i mean you're you're filling that tying them up with ads i mean you got some witty conversation or Really some whip great our, interviews. Some repartee. But uh, we, we, you got to fill that time up, and it's, it's different. I mean, and Robert said that he wanted to make sure that everybody understood that uh, you're going to have assigned seating. I mean, that, ever since COVID, they said they're not going to change that. So I think that's a good thing if you go in and say, I'm going to have a seat, and that's going to be on my seat for the whole weekend. I'm going to buy that ticket. So I think that's what it's going to do. If you're a diehard state finals fan and you're going to watch all the matches, not if – if your kid gets beat, you go home. You go when you buy your $25 ticket. You get your seat for the weekend, and you're happy, and you're not scrounging around trying to find tickets late at night. One thing that was, just came into my head as I listed off five straight weight classes, we've got like 12 days where those weight classes are still valid, Rex, because next year we get new weight classes. So if you thought you had just become comfortable and you could whip them off like that, 161, 170, 182, 195. Now nah, they're all they're all changing next year. When they changed the last time, I had trouble on the radio for about that's half a season trying to figure out what what it really was. But you have to uh, have a have a cheat sheet for when it comes through. If I remember right, first four or five weight classes don't change, but everything after that. Here they go, kids. Put this down. Save this in your member banks. 106, 113, 120, 126, 132, 138, 144. 150, Ugh. 157, Ugh. 165, 175, 190, 215, 
Hey, the last one's the same, 285. We're going back to 215. When you think 215, who from Adams County immediately jumps to mind? Keegan Bloom's a 215 pounder. No, I mean, who, historically, looking back. Chris Malin. 20, 20, 30, 20 Chris, 30. Chris Malin's a 215. Did he wrestle 215? He wrestled 185 because ah. there was nothing between but 85 and, two, and 275. who that actually wrestled 215 jumps into your mind. There's two guys who jump into mind for me. Well, your memory's better than mine. Uh, Mitch Billington was a 215 pounder. Absolutely. And uh, Dusty Mitchell. Those are, the yeah. two, those are the two guys that era. Now, I think Mitchell was 189. I, I think he was senior year 215. Well, you, you, I'm thinking. I'm thinking back now. Now I'm questioning myself of whether he was 189 or 250. Well, just remember, back in the day when you had 13 weight classes, you know when Malin was a 185 pounder, you went 185 to heavy. 275 was the limit. There was no gap there. So those guys that were was big there a guys. Limit? With Chris Malin, there wasn't a limit. No, there was no then. limit. 270. Yeah, it was. You know, it was. It was 875. Was any, the limit. Anything over, anything over 186, 186. If you're over. 185, you were a heavyweight, and it was unlimited. Rex, I heard a young man missed weight by seven pounds on Saturday. <laughs> it could have been me. No. Um, seven pounds. Why would you step onto the scale if you were seven pounds over? Just for just giggles, for, I guess. Just. Now, it, I tell you what, back in the unlimited day, Huntington North had a young man wrestle for him named Mark Story. Mark Story, we never officially weighed him. We couldn't find a scale big enough that would – that would get him there. I got a Toledo grain scale one time. We put him on it, and I ran out of weights at 350. We ran out of weights at 350. That, uh, that certainly was a change, and I know that they're, when they first made the change, it seemed like there were some guys who were ineligible because of it, but I haven't heard too many stories about guys who have who've, who've had to push it. Yeah. 285. Is it, is, is it still 285 next year? It stays there. Okay. Yep, 285. That doesn't change. Well, certainly something that we're going to have to get used to after we get through um, a week and a half of wrestling. You know, talking about Keegan Mark. Yeah, he, he had a conversation two, with AJ about that. 215 certainly doesn't do him any favors. No, he, he told AJ that during the summer he can get up to 240. Yeah, it would be interesting to see whether Keegan decides to play football this next season or whether he spends his time making sure that 215 is – not a problem for him. I, 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 think, I think it's going to be heavyweight. I think he's going to just say, you know, if my natural weight's 225. I'm well, he gonna... certainly has learned to wrestle more like a heavyweight. And we've certainly seen some Belmont guys have some success with that, you know, body type and being a little bit underweight. You know, look, at, look, at man, Daniel Meyer, look at Daniel Meyer. I, I, look at, I look at where Keegan is and the season that he's had now, and I think about all of the guys who are ahead of him who are seniors. I would love to see him go into next year being a 215-pounder. Danny Bennett was a state runner-up, 208. You know, Daniel Meyer, he went 210, 211, maybe. Finished, what, third and fourth? Fourth, fourth twice. Fourth twice. Fourth twice. Got cheated twice out of fourth place for third. Got Dan- cheated out of third place. Daniel Meyer made the coin flip exciting. <laughs> That's what I always remember. He made the coin flip exciting because you knew when he was in one of those tough matches – it was coming down to the coin flip. Now, I saw a couple of coin, bad coin flips on Saturday. Lonnie had one where the guy backed into it and stepped on his coin, and he reflipped. Is that, is that the way you usually do yeah, it? Yeah, if it's interference, somebody If anybody it. touches it, you're going to reflip. Oh, yeah. It ended, up, it ended up helping the kid who stepped on the, on the disc. Now, if they chase it down and kick it over like that, I'm, I'm going to 
So you, what, then what do you do? You give him a caution? No, just give the other kid a choice. <laughs> <laughs> you cheated. You get the choice, huh? I like it. Well, we certainly drew into criticism some, some coaches for their choices. It's not an easy thing to do to decide whether to go top or bottom. And um, For Silas, I think he certainly felt that he had a chance, even in the last 20 seconds. He was working hard, hard towards it. He did get a single count, so I guess we can't be too critical. But, uh, you know, South Adams, last two weeks have been rough. Yeah. They, they, Isaiah, not, Meyer, Isaiah Meyer got hurt on Wednesday. They lost him. It's not necessarily that they did anything wrong or that they wrestled poorly. It's just they haven't had very good luck. And I worry for them looking at the team scores um, that will come out here in the next two days. Are they going to be stuck begging for a, a, a vote in again like they did last year. You and I saw the team that they had this year, how good they were. I was down there at Team State. It was a team that finished fifth and earned it and looked it. And they're only going to get better. I just don't know if they're going to have enough points because of the qualifying. I mean, they yeah. lost they lost man who missed the scales, right? And then Meyer got hurt. Bullenbacher doesn't make it to semi-state. The only two guys who advance are seniors. And I just, I'm afraid that they're not going to score enough points and 1A is going to be really, really competitive. Of course, the one thing that we have to talk about too, because we haven't seen the scores yet, we don't even know who's in 4A and 3A and 2A and 1A yet. Because that's all predicated on how many teams have enough guys that wrestle at sectional. If you don't have enough guys on your team, if you got eight forfeits, you don't count. And so some years there's 93 teams in one class. Other years there's 90. And some of those teams that are on the bubble of being 1A, 2A, makes a big difference. Rensselaer Central was 2A this year. They're pretty good. Last year they were 1A. And they go back and forth, and that, that makes a big difference. You know, you, you talked, you and I talked a little bit about do you not make that one team as a vote-in? Do you leave it three or four teams at the late vote in because just because of that reason. I mean, don't don't lock yourself into a corner with guys just on the point system, but leave three or four spots open because there's teams like South Adams that changed their schedule around and they fought their way back and earned that spot based on their schedule. Yeah, that's one of the things that's up for discussion now is are we going to have a vote in in April or are we going to save two spots for next year? It's uh, it's an interesting argument. Well, you're in charge, Last, aren't you? Don't you just make uh, those rules? Kind of in charge. Last <laughs> year, in charge. last year, it was split, and I think that's one of the problems. Last year, um, Terre Haute South got the vote in in April. I think they earned it, but Columbus East got left out, and then Columbus East got left out again because they had lost to Mount Vernon uh, of Fortville. And, of course, the only reason that they got in was because New Haven dropped out because of the ankle injury to Doster, who, by the way, was a regional champ on Saturday. And, you know, if Samuel Campo doesn't take the job at Snyder, yeah. New Haven may stay in and Columbus East doesn't, it doesn't go at all. So there's fine margins there, but I think you and I can both agree Team State is a must for Indiana wrestling. Well, I- what it's done, um, whatever the issues are, if we have to spend a weekend apart from each other, Rex, I'm, I'm willing. We were not apart, Dane. You and I were like as in sync as you could possibly be for two guys that were 150 miles apart. That is that is true. We'll see. 
we'll see what happens, but uh, I'm certainly excited for Team State, and I would not be surprised if all three Adams County schools qualify automatically. South Adams is going to be in the most trouble. But we'll see when they come out. Look for those on Indiana Matt here in the next two days. I think this might be a new record, Dane. We're, we're almost done with the podcast, and a new bucket came out for the table. There you go. Well, that, that's, that's, that's an interesting show. We've kept their attention long enough. They we haven't can, left. We can cycle back to something that Ed Pandosky said a few weeks ago during our, one of the breaks in our shows. You can't get this anywhere else. Nope. Uh, I, I have been five different places in the last 24 hours, random places, restaurants, Walmarts, uh, soccer practices. Everybody's talking about draws if you're here in Adams County. Somebody wants to talk about who's got a good draw, who's got a bad draw, how many guys are going to be, all of those types of things. And uh, it's special here, whether there's two guys that qualify or whether there's going to be a dozen of them. Wrestling matters here in Adams County. Are you saying we're special too? Well, I don't think we're just average. But. <laughs> we, have the, we have the best wrestling talk show in the state of Indiana. We're guaranteed that. No, there's no vote-ins. There's no write-ins. We're the only one. That's true, until somebody tries to mimic us. Gorilla Radio is not a show. It's a discussion. You are right, though. If you want entertained, jump on Gorilla Radio when they're live and make sure you're on the chat yeah. because there's, there are so many nuances and, and, and subtleties there that I don't think Joe and Mike even pick up on. <laughs> well, you know, Nick Krause is on there a lot. Brett hey, Smith's on there a lot. Nick and I had a little – I mean, I'm, I'm on there. I was like the first one on, and now I'm saying Nick Krause, hey, Rexy, and it's like, okay. That's right. And, you know, people can't backhand us while we're on the radio here, <laughs> but you can backhand Mike or Joe all night long. And they take it. They, they take do. it. They're very good about it. They do. But uh, I tell you what, uh, as always, it's uh, fun to come out here and talk on Sunday nights about wrestling. And I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, Dave Nathan does a good job of getting this recorded session up. It's usually up the next day, if not very, very early the day after that. But uh, Dave's got a lot of hats he wears at WZBD, and he makes sure that this is one thing that he does get up and uh, gets that off to Joe, and Joe gets to put on Indiana Matt. And uh, I'll have to talk to those guys and see what kind of downloads we're getting. But uh, we get we have fans all over the state, Dane. I mean, you know, we almost had Coach Gable on tonight, and we'll make him yeah, he's be gonna, next He's going to join us here next week or the following week, um, maybe in person when we do our when we do our, our pre-state show. And that's going to be live with video of the lobby as it builds. So if you're not able to make it to Indianapolis, that's a fun thing to, to watch, and you can backhand us that for that specific show if you – Oh, and by the way, Dane, I went shopping today and bought two new sport coats, so – Okay, I'll remember to pack mine uh, for the show, and uh, yeah, that'll be good. Well, we've worn, what are we on? How many state finals have we done this year already? I skipped out on football to, to cover Goshen. I did football, I did volleyball. Girls state, now boys girl state. Girls state, boys state, yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll get a spring, a spring appearance in, in, in softball. I, shoot, I don't know. Hard it's to gonna tell. Be, it's going to be tough. We've got some decent pitchers coming back, three Adams County teams. It's going to be a spring unlike any other on WZBD. I can tell you that. All right. You say so. I promise. All right. With that, I'd like to sign off on that podcast section. And remember, tune in next week as we're on on Monday night because we get pushed out by the big game is all we can say. Special special guest host. Special guest host. Back to that. Once again, thanks for tuning in for the Hager Hershey Zelt High School Wrestling Weekly here on WZBD. (laughs) 